Ladies and gentlemen and hockey fans of all ages, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Hockey Fan Chat. I am your host, Randy Dillon. I am back with another episode, and this time I am talking with a Washington Capitals fan. We discuss the seasons that has been can this team make the playoffs and all the great stuff Alexander Vetchkin has done in his race to surpass Wayne Gretzky to become the all-time leader in goals in the NHL. Hockey Troll, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Hockey Fan Chat. I'm excited with this episode one. Always great to talk to a fellow cast fans. We got Alexander Ovechkin to talk about, but I got to ask anyone to come to the show. How are you a fan of your team? Are you from the D.C. area? Did you grow up cheering for the Caps or just watching from a different area and a couple of players you notice? Yeah, thanks for uh, having me on, man. Um, so I moved a lot. Uh, when as a kid, but I spent my entire high school career, if you will, in uh, in the DMV area outside DC, actually in Fairfax, Virginia. So uh, shout out seven oh three. But yeah, so I'm I guess I'm sort of from uh, the DC area. So my formative years spent there for sure. Uh, and you know, honestly, when I lived there, I wasn't a huge fan of the pro hockey. Um, you know, I played hockey. It was super into, you know, hockey in general, but I just never really watched the pro game. Of course, we'd go to Caps games in D.C., but yeah, I wasn't like super, super into him. But, you know, obviously getting Ovechkin, uh, you know, not being shitty anymore, that really helped. When I was there, I think the biggest name player that they brought in was Yager. And uh, we all know how that turned out. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, that was not the prettiest situation with Yager. Excitement when he comes in, but it just didn't work out, and he left, and the rest is history. Before we get into the season, though, we got to talk about Ovechkin, because last game, 800. Unfortunately, this game, he didn't get 801. How much has he meant to the franchise? Because I, seeing him watching him over the years, like, I started getting to hockey late as well, like, and I just saw what he did, but what he's done for this, I would say, market in the D.C. area and around the world for hockey fans. Like, he's just done so much to put D.C. on the map. All of the accomplishments just on one team. Like, just what does it mean just having him around on a daily basis? Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think you've really just hit it on the head. Just done so much. Um, you know, it's funny. I think a lot of it's, it's weird. It seems to be like a, a reoccurring theme for D.C. sport fans. Um, I think DC has this like identity crisis where they want to be a sports town, but let's be honest, they're not. There's way too many uh, more important, ridiculous things happening in this town than uh, sports. But uh, I definitely think the Caps are the best team that DC has. And on top of that, yeah, I mean, like if you look at how relevant he's made the Washington Capitals, he's been the captain, delivered their very first Stanley Cup and, you know, obviously chasing the scoring title. Uh, I consider him to be the best goal scorer of all time uh, already, but I think that he's actually going to make it irrefutable by the end of his career. So on Twitter, I've seen a lot of of polls like who's the, the most impactful DC athlete and um, is it Ovechkin? And I think a lot of people said yes, but then, you know, there's some other people saying like, uh, rip in and the, the last quarterback that won with the Redskins back when they were the Redskins, um, which is a joke when you think about him versus Alexander Ovechkin. And I guess the only one for me 
that's a like a you know as important of an athlete for the DC area would be like Rod Langway, um, because he came over in a blockbuster trade with Montreal, I believe, and that was way back uh, in the late seventies, early eighties. And he saved the the franchise from for moving on. But, you know, I think that's at this point, that's kind of old news. So, yeah, as far as what does Ovi mean to hockey in D.C., everything, what does he mean for, you know, all of the young up and comers? Uh, a ton, because we just looked at the game today against Dallas. I mean, three of those guys on that team, because they, they're filled with young players, we're like, who did you watch growing up and, and love watching, you know, play hockey when you were a kid? And it was Alexander Ovechkin, which is just wild, right? Yeah, some of the guys probably play, now playing are from like, I, they remember probably seeing him playing on TV and he still hasn't missed a beat. That'd be incredible. Obviously, he's not the same when he first got in the league, but he's still impactful. He still throws the big body checking. He still has that shot. His playmaking ability is still all up there, which is incredible for a player at his age of 37. Just blows me away every time I just see him. And then we got to talk about him in the spot. So every game on the power play, you know, he's going to be there just standing there. And like, it's funny how it never changes how. He'll score in that spot almost every game if they're the power play, if you get the chance in the power play. It's just hilarious how he can still do a game in and game out that's just one-timer on the point. Yeah, no doubt. I'll give it to Blaine Forsythe and the rest of the offensive crew in Laviolette. Uh, you know, especially in today's game, and I'll be talking about it on the official Capture podcast, which is my podcast. The offense looks different. I mean, the boys are definitely whipping the puck around really well. Um uh, they've inserted a lot of motion into their offense, which is what I love to see. This is uh, it's become a little bit more dynamic on the offensive side of the puck, which is opening guys up for some creative plays. Uh, to your point, though, yeah, I mean, Ovechkin, that's his office. Yeah, he scores from there. Everybody in the league knows it's coming. They're just powerless to stop it. So I think that that's both a, a knock. And for me, one of the most incredible things about him as a player is that, you know, people – haters are going to be complaining that he just stands in one spot and buries but at the same time everybody knows it's coming why can't you stop it then you know i think that a lot of that has to do with the team around him but also has to do with just his incredible shot and his ability to get it off so yeah it's incredible to see i think that people who complain and say like well, he just stands there and gets the same shot over and over. I don't think you want to get in front of that shot. That's the thing. People think just stand there. I think that shot is probably one of the most lethal shots in the game. Yeah, of course. Of course that hurts, right? And, and I mean, how many times have we seen Ovi just fold somebody by blocking yeah. that shot? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to get in front of that at all. Players have done it and it hasn't really worked out for them. Uh, even the goalies, man. I mean, God, that's got to hurt because yeah. they've got to be in motion to come over and get that block. So no, exactly. We got. I want to talk about the season. It's been, I would say, a tale of two seasons. Where October they were five hundred. November was just dreadful for this team. I think four wins. They've had a good December. Out they start so far. They they were on a five game winning streak. Lost. I feel this season's been a mix. Tom Wilson, huge loss. You can't replace that guy. No matter what people say, he's the NHL boogeyman, the Grim Reaper, whatever. He's still a very impactful player, and he would make a difference on, I think, every other team out there. 
Nick Backstrom out, hip injury, but what you still think this team can make the playoffs? I'm a little doubtful they're going to run out of steam because of that bad November, but do you think they can still turn it around and be in a playoff spot come April? Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I 100% think that they've got it in them. Uh, I think that this is probably – the last time they didn't make the playoffs was under Adam Oates, and it came down to like literally the last game of the season for them to be booted. Uh, or statistically eliminated. And at that point, that was a shock. So I would say that I would be less shocked than with the time that we didn't make the playoffs last, but I would still be shocked. So um, I think that the Caps have, like you said, I mean, yeah, they had a miserable start to the season. It was the one of the hardest. The first two months of the season for the Washington Capitals were, at the time, the hardest on their you do those season rankings on 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 uh, schedule strength. The hardest part of the season was on October and November. Looks like they're going to get a break coming down the stretch. Uh, I also think that you know the injury bug has just been terrible, man. I mean, this is a revolving door uh, into the IR list and the LTIR list. Um, I do think that we'll see Tom Wilson back maybe in a month or two. Uh, it's an ACL injury. Yeah. I- Really hope sooner because I think the prognosis was he was supposed to be late November. Now they're saying possibly late December. I'm hoping it's mid-January we can see him back on the ice because he brings something to that team and then it really will help, the, I think, the offense. You put him back with the top line with Kunetsov and Ovechkin because that line, that line just carried our the team last year. It was one of the best lines in the league and it showed how all three players played and it will, I think, balanced out the rest of the lineups as well. Yeah, you know, I think that Brian McClellan has done an excellent job in filling the gaps that he needed to with knowing Wilson would be out, with knowing Backstrom would be out, knowing that we we had some issues to address in, on the goaltending position. Like, you know, I, I've said it a hundred times and I'll say it again. Uh, I think Brian McClellan did an amazing job in the offseason. So I, on paper, thought that this team, even with Backstrom out and Wilson out, was still a playoff team. And I still believe that. But obviously, having like three, four, five more injuries, you know, with TJ Oshie going out for a period of time, Orlov out, um, you know, I still believe we're Sans Faviari now, maybe, but uh, in Connor, Connor Brown, Brown, that was a, they gave up a second round pick for him and they played what, four games and that was it. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I mean, it's been trash. Like we've had the worst luck. And if you think about it, like Caps fans have been super spoiled to have such a healthy team for the past Ovechkin era. So like 18 years, you know, it's really been very rare that we see guys who are impact players out for extended periods of time. Now in the past couple of years, two, three years, it's been, it looks like probably a mixture of age and just you know, the grueling aspect of the sport catching up to these guys and we're getting the injury bug. It happens. Um, It sucks because, you know, obviously it's always the what if we have these guys signed, we have these guys on the roster. They obviously want to play for the team, but they're not playing, (laughs) which I mean, it's got to be, it's frustrating for fans. It's probably been more frustrating for them as players. Uh, But, you know, absolutely. I, I, I do think that the Washington Capitals are still a playoff team. They're, you know, one win away from a wild card spot. You know, I'm just looking at the standings right now because they change so drastically every yeah, every it seems like, you know, the Metro is by far the hardest, you know, the oh, most yeah. competitive division. 
look at that division. The only bad, like Columbus is competitive. Philly just trash. But every other team from six to first, you look at all those teams. All it's like a fight, other than Jersey early in the year going to that ten game winning streak, putting some distance. But I think it's only like maybe a th- six point difference between them and Carolina for second. And same with Pittsburgh. Yeah, and so Carolina won, and so did the Penguins. So therefore, both of them are four points out of the lead of the Metropolitan Division, who is held by New Jersey at forty four points today. Uh, the Rangers have 37. The Islanders have 35, and, and the Caps have 34. Detroit is a problem um, for the Caps or for any bubble team right now because if they continue to play well and push the pace for a wild card spot, Detroit and Florida are both, you know, still in the mix. Yep. Washington, right there as well. I think that the Islanders are going to regress back to a lesser version of themselves for sure. I don't believe in them. So I'm saying that I think the Islanders will fall out, but that still leaves a three-way battle between Washington, Detroit, and Florida. Uh, It's definitely not the prime spot that the Caps have to be in, but you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. No, exactly. And I think as well, this may be the first time in a very long time they've been in a position where they're actually battling with other teams because so many years past they've been either at the top of the division or near the top with some breathing room. This is the, I think, I got to think probably maybe to that 2011-12 season when Boudreaux got fired and Dale Hunter came in where they were they're in a battle with a bunch of other teams. And if they go on another bad month of hockey, it could really be that for the season but we'll see what happens i do want to talk about the coaching because we we know the coaching carousel for this team we're not going to get that but what have you seen with peter laviolette i believe if this team doesn't make the playoffs and they don't win a round he's not coming back he's done some good things for the team he got them players going but i feel like at times he relies too heavily on players like nick dow garnas hathaway lars eller I feel at times the power play has been up and down. If you don't have a player like TJ Oshie in the power play, it really does hurt them. And then sometimes his choices with lineup deployment, it's kind of been disappointing sometimes the players he chooses, like with the situation with Connor McMichael. I think a guy like Protus should be getting some more ice time. But what do you think with Lavalette? Do you think if he if this team doesn't do well and went around, do you think he's done or do you think he's going to come back after this season? Um, I was pulling hard for the Lavulette hire. I did not want Gerard Gallant, who was a finalist as well. I really liked the well. First of all, if we, let's let's take it a couple years back. I don't think we should have ever let Barry Trotz. No, that go. we were going to be on um, hours on that because he should have stayed. He should have stayed. I think if they would have kept him, I honestly think they could have repeated in twenty nineteen. I thought so. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I thought I really, really liked Barry Trotz. The Todd Rudin years. Like, oh my God, um, was a nightmare. Like I remember watching him coach how many times they blew leads in that, those two years. It was just a nightmare to watch in those games. Yeah. 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 Todd Rudin sucked. And that's why he's back with his tail between his legs and in, in that dump of a city, Pittsburgh. But I, so I was pulling very hard for the Lavulette hire. Um, Lavulette's track record speaks for itself. He's a guy that can take teams who, you know, maybe be underperforming or need to get over the hump. Within a couple of years of being with the team, he can get them to the finals. And I, I have to believe that once you get a team to the finals, it's the onus is 100% on the players to win the cup. So 
I've yet to see that <laughs> this year, though we did have what two COVID years, two shortened years. Um, last year was his like kind of first year with the team where he could have a camp and do all the things that a head coach should do. And then there's this year. So obviously I'm giving him a ton of rope here. I'm basically saying the first two seasons of his entire contract are, can be thrown out. And this is the only season that he can be judged on. Uh, I realize that that is not the case. Uh, and that what should happen is, you know, yeah, I mean, I guess, if you look at it from just the holistic body of work and if getting to the finals and, and being a competitive playoff team was the goal up to this point, it's been a failure. Um, so it's tough to say whenever I think about these type of questions, I wonder like, well, who are you going to get? Who's going to come back now? Remember the whole reason that Barry Trotz was let go. And what I mean by let go is like, like uh, Leonsis just said, like you, you can be absolved of your contract to go chase the bag, which was a good guy move on a business standpoint from Ted Leonsis. The whole reason that he was let go is because of money, right? Yeah. He, he wanted more money during the time. And it wasn't so much that Leonsis didn't think he was worth it. It's just that Barry Trotz signed a long-term contract for this amount. And if he wanted, you know, to stick around for another couple of years, have that contract lapse, I'm sure he would have secured the bag at that point, but he didn't. He wanted to go to the Islanders. May, or I, mean, I sorry. think it, what it was, it was a two-year extension in the contract. There was a clause in his contract thing it was two, because his contract was expired. It was a, if he wanted to come an automatic two-year extension come up, but I think the thing was, because I think Trot came out and said that he wanted to get paid more for those two years and they weren't going to budge on that right. of the contract situation because that clause in the contract, they know you agreed to this. Right, exactly. And he was going to get paid like triple to quadruple yeah. over in, on the island. Uh, so, you know, I would have walked too. So that happened, right? But we end up paying Laviolette like close to what we would have paid Trots. So, like I asked myself again, who are you going to bring in instead of Laviolette? Yeah, no, you do make yeah. a good point there. Like, there's not many coaches out there on the free market that you're going to get in. Like, and then you got to watch what teams are going to do. Like, for example, a team like St. Louis, Craig Brubeck let, gets let go. Because last year, there was a list of free agent coaches, and they all in musical chairs. And this year, it's going to be, I think it's going to be even harder to find a head coach right. that can play but that level. So you make a point there. The interesting point is that, Barry Trotz is available. <laughs> yeah, that, that I'm hoping, but I think they're going to have to be. They're going to have to be some something going to have to come from management there on Ted to approach Trotz because I don't think Trotz is going to say I'm coming back. You can come back. I think it really going to be a push from Leones and management saying, "Hey, we we'll give you what you want. Please come back." But we'll, we'll see. Yeah, there's gonna somebody's going to have to kiss some ass yeah. <laughs> to make that deal go through. But I don't know what you know. I. It would be surprising to see Barry Trotz back in D.C. because of how he left. But um, I guess I would welcome it. Uh, I don't know if that would even be effective, though, at this point. You know, it's been three years. So, you know, you think about it and it's just like what I don't want is some guy with no experience. We've done this how many times now? I mean, Adam Oates, Dale Hunter, Todd Rudin. All three of them, no head coach experience, and the players chewed them up and shit them out. Dale Hunter didn't even come back. He was just like, yeah, I'm just not going to come back. Like he's, He was too used to being king, I think, in London. So, you know, that was something that was shocking. Um, the Dale Hunter experience was interesting because 
I, they wouldn't have been the Bruins if it wasn't for his style, but his style was not going to work for a team they had because they were still a very offensive, gifted team. And right. his style, he's like a Daryl Sutter type of coach. It's going to be a style like you're going to have to kind of muddle your way through the regular season and players aren't going to be happy. But when it comes to playoff time, it will make a difference. The problem is you got to make the playoff. I think they were trending that way where if they went another year under Dale Hunter – it might have been there could have been a real possibility they could have missed the playoffs and players would have right. not been happy yeah absolutely you know i agree with that so i don't know i mean it's definitely uncharted territory you know the caps have a ton i mean mcclellan has man if that guy didn't already have gray hair it would be after next year because he's got to find a an entire defensive core you know i mean john carlson's really the only guy that they've got locked long term so we, they, he's got to make decisions on orlov jensen tvr just you know who which young guys can they afford to bring up it, it sucks yeah he's in a tough position cuz you're right on the defense and then look at the offense lars eller connor sherry dylan strom are key ufas tom wilson's eligible for an extension Nick Backstrom future, you don't know if he's going to play a game. Personally, I honestly think Backstrom's not going to play a game. I would love to see him, but I think the in, the injury he's had, they're saying he's not going to come back to the same player, and it's going to be a struggle for him. And with a $9 million cap hit, is it going to be a blow to the team? Well, if he doesn't come back and doesn't retire, which I wouldn't retire if I were him either, I would just let that contract, you know, just be on LTIR forever. Win-win for um, both people, for both parties. Yeah. I mean, and I would hate to think management would be pissed off about that. You know, they, you know, in the NHL, GMs, owners, they know that when they sign over that money, it's guaranteed. So I don't know. Um I just, I just hate to think about a team without Nick Backstrom. It's just so sad to me. It is, um, but it just – I don't know what Nick Backstrom we're going to get. So that – even last year, like, he struggled. He really yeah. struggled. In the playoffs he had, like, in the playoffs he finally showed some glints of himself. But in the season last year, it I just didn't see the same guy we saw for so many years. Yeah, and now we know why. <laughs> you know, a crazy hip injury. Um, you're right, though. I mean, there's only been a handful of athletes to even come back and be able to play at the uh, professional level after this type of injury. And even then, they weren't very effective. So does not bode well uh, for, for Backy. But even if he doesn't come back, honestly, that leaves a ton of cap space for the Washington Capitals to work with. So he can still be a part of the team on LTIR. We'll just use his cap elsewhere. And additionally, I just heard that the cap's probably going to go up like $4 million this year, which is about goddamn time. You know, I want to see Backy back. I think Dylan Strom is a must-sign. You know, Willie can wait for an extension. Honestly, unfortunately for him, he had this big injury. Yeah, set uh, him back. Yeah, so you know his value's down right now. I wouldn't sign anything if I were him. I'd I'd bet on myself and play a couple like another season, make sure I could continue to go. Um, I don't know about Shiri. I think that if we can get him for close to what we you know pay him a mil, mil and a half, I think that he's totally worth that. Um, unfortunately, I think linchpin to the Stanley Cup, Lars Eller is is on his way out. I don't think. Yeah, he's let me take a massive pay cut. He ain't coming back. Right. Um, exactly. And then, and honestly, there's teams that'll pay him, you know, three, four million a year, I'm sure. 
Uh, I think Lars Eller is a good player and always has been. Um, and then the whole, the blue line, you know, honestly, I'd love to see everyone return, but uh, I think. I would be and- happy if they didn't bring back Gustafson. That's my thing. Gustafson, I find, been a liability this year. More, I don't know why Laviolette loved playing him with Carlson. Personally, I think Irwin should be playing with him because Irwin a little bit more stay at home or or right. should be up there. But I don't know why he's up there on the top line. Yeah, um, I guess you want to stack the offensive guys, the the movers and the shakers. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a head scratcher. It's but you know, um, at some point you need the offense again. And Laviolette, I trust. So it's whatever uh, when it comes to that for me. But um, I definitely think Orlov needs to come back. I think he's one of the most underrated defensemen in the league. Um, and if we can get Jensen and TVR with like a very low raise, I would be willing to see them back. The The problem with defense is that a year can make so much of a difference. So who are the guys that are too old or quote unquote too old? And honestly, all of them are getting to that point, right? They're on the wrong. Everybody's on the wrong side of 30 on this team. And then there is one thing that the Washington Capitals have done is they've farmed picks for defensemen. So we have Alexiev, we have some guys down in the A that may be able to fill in and we're going to need that. And I think every team needs that to, to be a competitive cup team. Yeah, Enjoy no, it while it lasts. Exactly. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to crash, but Hey, if we hit that 900, it'll all be worth it. Uh, I really enjoyed talking hockey with you. Always great chatting with another cat bed before I let you go. Two questions. The first question is what is your favorite moment of the caps? It gotta be something I gotta believe with OV, was it or the 2018 cup win? And second question is, when do you think Obi's going to beat the record? We know it's not going to be this year or next, possibly next season, but precisely if you could pick a, think of it exactly when that record, the Obi's going to beat the scoring record, when do you think it's going to be? Oof. So my favorite, like the most iconic moment, I think would be um, Ovechkin's pass to Kuznetsov during the 2018 Cup run when he put the Penguins to bed. Uh, I love that. I'm thinking OV is going to, you know, let's say it's 40 goals for the next two seasons after that. He's probably going to do 20 more this season, conservatively. Well, he's going to hit those empty narrows. We know that much for sure after the yeah. last few games. So he's not scared of those. I'm going to yeah. say. I'm going to go scared. say like halfway, like by the end of not next season, but the season after the end of, I think that's realistic because He's going to score 20 more. You would think he's at like, he's at conservative. I think he's going to score 55 this year. So uh, conservatively, let's say he gets 40. He's at 20 ish right now. So it's 20 more goals this year. He's got f- another 40 goal season left in him. Uh, that's 60. And then it's 34. Yeah. And I feel I, I've got to think that in two years he can, you know, he can do that skating on his ass. So Yeah. It's crazy to think that way, but, um, you know, I've got faith in, in our boy. So I'm going to go ahead and say it's going to be rest of the season, all of next season, and then halfway through the season after that. I agree with you there because I, I think he's going to put up 50, 30 more. So he's going to hit 50, take the all-time lead in most 50-goal seasons, and then I think he's going to pass Solani for the oldest player to score 50. Next year, I would say 40. So definitely sometime the year after that midway he's gonna break it it just we gotta know when and then 
finding a ticket to those games is going to be the best part about it because they're probably going to go like a thousand bucks a piece because of history. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. It's going to be crazy. Thank you so much, Hockey Troll, for joining us on this episode. I've enjoyed, like I said, enjoyed talking caps. Still a lot of hockey to go. Hopefully they can make the play. Hopefully Ovi keeps the scoring, and we'll see what happens. The season goes goes on. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me on. No problem. I appreciate